Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. Now we're moving into another pillar of the Christian worldview, and that is the idea of redemption or salvation. That it's not just that man has fallen into sin, that the curse reigns over this creation, but that God is going to do something about it. God will not lose his creation to his enemy, Satan. And so as we identified the main problem, as again, we talked about in the last series of episodes, the fall, how you identify the main problem inevitably determines where you look for a solution. So if the main problem is outside of us, that society is oppressing us, that will shape how we look to save save the world. We'll try to reorder society. We'll try to come up with a utopia so that man can thrive. If we think the main problem is a lack of education, then we'll throw all the money we can at education, and education will save us. It, it doesn't really work. If the main problem is, is I don't have a high enough view of myself, we'll, we'll look after or we'll look to people who will only affirm us and help us to feel better about ourselves. The problem is, is that modern man has thrown so many of those solutions at himself, but they don't work because they're not getting at the heart of the issue. The Christian worldview comes in and says that the main problem is moral. The main problem is found inside the heart of every man, that we have rebelled, we have sinned against a most holy God. And that, that problem then shapes where we look for salvation, where we look for a solution. I want to read to you here from Ephesians chapter 2, and this will speak a little bit to our problem, that the wages of sin, we read in Romans, is death. That the judgment upon mankind, the penalty due for our sin, is death. And Ephesians 2 picks this up. It identifies our problem. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedient obedience, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Notice those last words. By nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. It's a universal problem. It's not just men. It's not just women. It's not white people. It's not black people. It's not this ethnicity or that ethnicity. It's the human race. We all share the same problem. We are by nature children of wrath, children of disobedience, who are bent towards rebellion, and we all therefore also choose sin. That's what the earlier part, the passions of the flesh that you used to walk in. And so the main problem that is identified here is that we have sinned against a holy and perfect God. He has given us his law. It is written on our hearts. It is revealed to us, and yet we break it again and again. And that sin has infected all of us, in all of this creation, that God's curse hangs over creation, that the problems between man and man, between our relationships with one another, between our relationship with God and our relationship with creation is the presence of sin and its, its weight upon us and the curse then that man or that God has placed upon man as a judgment for his sin. And that is summed up by one word, death. What rules over this universe? It is fallen, it is broken, it is entropy. Death, everything decays and dies. And that man is bearing that penalty in part ever since he was removed from the Garden of Eden. So what does death mean? Ephesians here uses it. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Speaking of those before those who were in sin before they knew Christ, that is all of us, that we were dead. Well, even though you walk around, you breathe, this type of death that the Bible speaks about is more than just a physical death. It is to be cut off from the source of life itself. It is to be cut off from God. So on that day, Adam and Eve sinned, and God removed them from his presence in the garden. They died because they were removed from the tree of life and the source of life, God himself. And they also died in that in that moment, they began the process of dying. 
that every single one of us, in some sense, right now, is in the process of dying. Entropy reigns in our bones, in our flesh, in our blood, as we slowly age and decay and die. That is not how it was meant to be, and that's not how it will be in the new creation. And so all of creation groans, Romans chapter 8, under this weight of entropy and death. For the wages of sin is death. And so our primary problem is that God is a holy and righteous God, and we have sinned against him. And the punishment, then, is death. And it's not just physical death. Even physical death is not the fullness of it. But the second death, spiritual death, the final judgment, where man, all men and women who are unrepented, who have not turned to God through Christ, are thrown into eternal damnation, cut off from God forever. That is the fullness of death. So even when you physically die, you have not fully experienced what death is until that final judgment. And so that's the heart of the problem. Man has sinned against a holy and righteous God, and therefore, the Bible tells us this again and again, God will by no means clear the guilty. For to do so, he will be unjust. Just like if we saw somebody who walked into a school, shot up a bunch of children, we all know that he did it, he's put on trial, and then he is exonerated, and he is set free, and we would all cry out and say, this is not right, this is not how it should be. Justice has demands upon him. You must give him his due, what he has earned. In the same way, that same judgment hangs upon all of us. That even though we think that our sins are minor, God hates those sins more than you and I hate sins like in a, a school shooting of children. Why? Because God is perfectly holy. He cannot look upon sin and not judge it. And moreover, the sins we commit, even even the crimes we commit, we judge the severity of them by who the, the crime was committed against. For example, if you kill a cat unjustly, you're not going to receive the same moral um, judgment and the same criminal sentence as if you were to kill a human unjustly. Why? Because the crime was committed against someone of either greater or lesser. The, the cat is not worth as much as the human. All of our sins are primarily committed against God. And so all of our sins, judged against who the crime is committed against, are worth a great punishment, eternal damnation, because we have sinned against an eternal and infinitely good God. And so the problem at the heart of the gospel message, the good news, is that man is rightly and justly condemned. That man, as the representative of God, has polluted God's good creation. And man's moral rebellion against a good and righteous God is, uh, is a capital offense in that it is the highest form of treason that we have ever witnessed and seen. Every sin falls under that category. And so the problem at the heart of the gospel, the tension at the heart of the gospel, is that God will not clear the guilty. And we're all guilty. But then will God allow Satan to win and his creation and, his, and the pinnacle of his creation to be ruined? And this is the problem, the philosophical, the moral problem of forgiveness. Some of these things are, some of these discussions are happening in philosophical debates. Like, is it ever right to forgive? Is it ever right to pardon someone? Is that not just another form of injustice? Because justice is giving someone what they have earned, what is their due. The guilty are due punishment. So is it ever okay or righteous to forgive? And anyone who's ever experienced real mercy or forgiveness knows the moral goodness and imperative of mercy and forgiveness. So how do you fit the two together? How do the two come together? How is God just in forgiving us? And that forms what type of a savior we are looking for. Someone must deal with our sin problem, our moral debt, our legal debt, 
of breaking God's law and sinning against God. Someone must do that. And that's what we're going to cover in the next video. How is the problem of forgiveness solved? How can God remain a just and holy judge while also forgiving people who are by nature and by choice children of wrath, sinners, and in rebellion against the most holy and excellent God? A moral problem deserves a moral solution. And we find that in the person in the work of Jesus Christ. And we'll unpack that in the next episode. I encourage you to like, comment, and share this episode as we continue to build the Christian worldview one minute at a time.